Welcome to Casting Hope, a sermon podcast of Hope Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Ohio. My name is Joe Hack, pastor at Hope, and we are so glad that you are listening in. We would love to connect with you in person at our Sunday gathering. In the meantime, we hope this message points you to Jesus, the reason we gather. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 as we continue our walk through this book together. Last week, if you were with us, you learned that endurance is always connected to community. Hebrews tells us we will not endure unless we have an enduring community. And the good news is we have an enduring community. It's called hope. Uh, this morning, as we engage chapter 11 of Hebrews, we will actually see that this enduring community of ours is actually much bigger than our church. It's much bigger than hope. Our enduring community includes men and women who have endured before us, way before us. And so I want to read this magnificent chapter of Scripture with you all. I invite you to follow along. We'll pray and see what God has for us this morning. This is God's Word, Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their condemnation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called out to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went, not knowing where he was going, by faith he went to live in the land of promise. As in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah the power to even she passed the age, so she considered him faithful to us. Therefore, one man and good as dead were born to sin as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as new grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking the homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to call their God, for he has prepared for them. 
by faith. Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in fact was in the act of offering up his only son, whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob and Dinah blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing and worship over their heads. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, he mentioned in the Exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his gods. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's evil. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the river. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured a scene in Moses. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn. My By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as upon their own land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been in a circle for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time of failing to tell Gideon, Derek, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, made strong enemies, became mighty in war, put four armies in flight. Women received back the dead by resurrection, some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise to their death. Others are mocking and flying, being chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were stoned too. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, and treated, of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all of us, though commended through their faith, did not receive the promise since God provided something better for us. That apart from us, it should not be. O oh Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing and they be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. We by the Holy Spirit open the eyes of our hearts so that we can see the beauty of Jesus. In this sense. As admirable as these heroes and heroines are to us, they are not ultimately the You are Jesus. So we would see you this evening. Would you be more beautiful than everything else in life? Even the best things. We pray this in His name. Amen. I've been saying over and over again that Hebrews is better called a sermon. It's an ancient sermon. And didn't that read like Bad car wreck. This happened actually yesterday. 
I love the way. I don't know about you, but I love the way. When we were on our way to Pittsburgh, it snowed drinking havoc on the highway. And sure enough, I saw ambulance lights across the horizon, and I saw the truck in the ditch. And even though I wasn't driving, and I was driving, I decided to look away. I think we do this in all kinds of ways. We do this all of the time. When we're confronted with painful facts that are way outside of our control, that just come across on the horizon, we look away. Some call this magical thinking. We pretend for it. We pretend it's circumstance. We pretend it's We pretend it just isn't it. Or at least we can have it. We say it isn't that bad. And sometimes it feels like the only thing we can do. Looking away seems like the only option that we have. Because we do look, just like that truck in the ditch, if we do look, it will overwhelm us. It is too much to bear. I often wonder if the ancient believers addressed the Hebrews who might have struggled in similar ways. Their life was littered with painful facts, and we've been encountering them through our journey in Hebrews. If you just glance down at the text again, in the previous chapter, verses 32 through 34, you can see what they face. They face great conflict full of suffering, it says. They face public insult and persecution in verse 33. Some encounter prison in verse 34. Some encountered the confiscation of property. So they were following Jesus, and things came into their life that they did not ask for or they didn't deserve. So I do wonder if, like me, they were tempted to just look the other way. We know they were tempted to simply walk away from Jesus. It's not what they were trying to do. But instead of looking away, the preacher of Hebrews offers another option. The preacher of Hebrews says, look beyond, look behind your difficult circumstances. Don't ignore them, but see Jesus beyond them and behind them. What he calls faith. And so if you look again at verse 1 of them, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And I wonder if you notice with me and others this two-dimensional sight that is going on in verse 1. Scholars point this out. The assurance of things hoped for has a beyond dimension, doesn't it? We all know that hope is our name. That hope is not merely wishful thinking. Hope is actually living today in light of God's promise tomorrow. The surety of what God promises to do orients what we do today. That is hope. And so we see that faith is the assurance, the assurance of things hoped for. And therefore, hope and faith with it has a forward focus. Like a story, if you can look to the final chapter, it be okay. But then there's another phrase, and it's an important one because the preacher of Hebrews says faith is the conviction of things unseen. And so, yes, faith also has a behind dimension. In other words, faith enables us to look behind our circumstances to see what's really going on. I want to look at both of these dimensions of faith with you this evening. And so first, faith enables you to look beyond your painful circumstances to see Jesus. The faith that God gives you enables you to organize your today in life. 
And we see examples of this forward-looking faith in our chapter. So in verse 7, we go, Noah organized his today in sight of God's tomorrow. So God said, a hard rain is going to fall. So build a boat so I can bless the world with a family. So my resignation will endure. And so Noah built a boat, even though it was sunny outside. Even though everything in his visible experience said, you know, need to. Why would you? What a waste of time, what a waste of money. But for Noah, his vision of the future was stronger than his present circumstances. We see this with Abraham in verses 8 through 12. Abraham also organizes today in sight of God's tomorrow. God said, I will bless the nations with your as yet seen offspring. And so even for Abraham and Sarah, even though they were infertile, he packed up, left his comfortable home, the backpack through the ancient years. As an immigrant, his vision of the future was stronger than his present circumstances. And then Isaac and Jacob in verses 20 to 21. They too organized their today in sight of God's promise tomorrow. They knew somehow at their death that God's story wasn't over and his children had some part to play in that, so he blessed them. In Joseph 2, verse 22, he organized his today in sight of God's tomorrow, and he gave instructions about his bones. Though it was yet to be seen, and though he was in Egypt, his eyes of faith, this gift that God gave him, enabled him to see the Exodus well before it occurred. And what all these folks have in common is stated in verse 15, they were. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them at a distance. These are flawed people like you and me, but who because with empty hands received the gift of faith from God, they were able to look beyond their circumstances to God's tomorrow. About five years ago, I had to cross over dangerous rapids on a felled tree. It's kind of the most dangerous thing ever. <laughs> but it was the only way. I sure you crossing the rapids like in the water was way worse for attempting to do that at least. And though I was super afraid, I had some serious confidence as I was trying to tree to cross it. I made it to the world. But also because I was focusing at the end of the tree. And he standing there. And I didn't know at the time, but I since learned that this is the key, actually, to walking on something very narrow. I don't know if you've slacklined before. Anybody, anybody slacklined? Anybody do gymnastics? What you do is you don't look at your feet. Apparently, you set your eyes on the anchor point at the end of the line. Here's what one expert says Quote, When starting out, resist the urge to look down at your feet. Instead, Look straight ahead at a focal point. Here, faith that God uses enables you to see the only focal point Beyond our circumstances, the sure return of Jesus, who will make all things That's it. The faith God gives you enables you to 
you see through the lot to what's behind. And Smith is describing what is going on in the book of Revelation. And what's going on with what scholars call apocalyptic literature. Where what happens is God enables the writer to bend and see through the lines that are close to everybody else. To what is really going on. But the same can also be said of faith. If we stay standing in our own strength, then we will only see what is in front of us. But if God gifts us the gift of faith, we kneel, don't we? We admit our depth of need, we admit his depth of grace, and now from the vantage point of humility, in desperate need, we look at the window from below. And we can see behind the lights. And behind it all, friends, is Jesus. I didn't read it, but I'll read it now. Therefore, this is chapter 12. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking where? Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him and endured the cross, despising and see right in front of him, behind every circumstance that he ascended and thrown himself. Who is praying for you? By me. Who is holding you and your story with his own sorrows. And so what are you going to do with the painful facts of your life? What are you going to do? Will you look away? And live life in the way? With distraction? With magical pain? Or will you consider the facts? And look beyond them? And look behind them? Jesus being thrown in faith. Uh, the poet farmer, Wendell Berry, he writes, Be joyful, though you have considered all the facts. Isn't that good? If you don't consider the facts, if you look away from the facts, your joy is shallow because it's rooted in natural things. But if you do consider the facts, I mean, I encourage you to do so. Because Paul marks solutions to the problems of your life authentically. The joy of what? Your salvation. The joy of what? Fellowship with you eternally. The joy of what? Of giving you this gift of faith for him. And of pleasing his heart. So let's pray. Lord. We believe how our life. We believe that your heart is that all who hear this proclamation would respond in faith. We also believe that you are a generous giver of that gift. Any of us in this room, any of us in this sanctuary who have not knelt before the lines. In humility and need, we do so now. And we see Jesus. And we open our empty hands and we lay hold of what you have done and what you promised to do us.
For those of us who are kneeling and have been kneeling, we are tempted to look away, aren't we? And so, Lord, would you fix our eyes in the Jesus afresh? And we ask this now in your name. Thanks for listening in. For more resources like this and to learn more about hope, please visit our website at hopechurchcolumbus.org.